I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny, Dana, and Elliot. Season's over. Tony Pulis has just been sacked. Well, say just been sacked, sacked uh, earlier on this week. Um, Millsborough on the search for a new full-time manager. There's a lot of names in the frame, um, new players that could potentially sign over the next coming months. Um, but let's start and chat about Tony Pulis. Eh? Um, let's that's it's pretty much the last time I'm probably going to say his name on the podcast, so let's go out with a banger. Um, <laughs> what? Thank God. Yeah, casual, thank God. <laughs> casual wingy banger. Casual <laughs> wingy banger. <laughs> last time I get to say that cappy... Well, I'm not going to say this, drop the C-bomb, but... I'll, I'll, I'll that cappy twat, Tony Pulis, that dinosaur. Um, Tony Pulis sacked, uh, Mills finished seventh, and probably rightly so as well with Dana. Um, thoughts on Tony Pulis, was it the right choice? To Millsborough to sack him? Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. He lost the supporters. So, I mean, I think it's a precarious situation as soon as you lose the supporters because I don't think Tony Pierce was ever going to win them back, even if he did get us promoted. It was just that style of play that people just don't take a liking to, and it was it was always going to end in, in him being sacked sooner rather than later. Mm. Ellie, are you happy? Right choice? Echoing Dana? Yeah, unbelievably happy. Um, can't continue with Tony Pierce. It's just. That, that season, like like when when you um, when you guys when when Tom was on and you were doing kind of season highlights. I mean, how, how many was it to pick from? You I know honestly I mean? can't it's remember like, what I it said. It was so there wasn't the, it wasn't many things to pick. It was such a a boring season um, and just so many games where just I'm, we're not going to remember them in years to come. Um, it just there was like, it was like nothing. Um, so it started from just the way we set out. Mm. Um, every game so. yeah. my season highlights not even like a Millsworth thing though it's actually seeing Leeds bottle it against Derby yeah. and then sitting next to my girlfriend watching the game and then watch her face whilst Leeds bottle it it was just <laughs> superb um, um, no actually I was thinking like those games like the best like moments this season have come from other teams yeah. of watching like 
Brentford against Leeds, Derby against Leeds, the Champions League games. It's like, I forgot like what fo- the fun in football until I watched those games. Yeah, especially lately with all the comebacks and stuff. Um, we haven't seen anything like that. I think the only comeback we've seen was Brentford doing it to us. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was actually the worst moment of my uh, season, that. The George, oh, yeah. the George Friends substitute. <laughs> no, yeah. um, but yeah. let's... Chat on Tony Pulis a little bit more, and let's let's, let's rate Tony Pulis' tenure a little bit. Is it a success or is it a failure, Tony Pulis? T- he took over at Christmas. We're in the we well we weren't we dealt with the playoff picture. We did spend a lot of money. Gary Monk just wasn't successful in that time. But do you think Tony Pulis has done a good enough job to well say steady the ship? I mean, what Steve Gibson has said post Pulis, you know, he seems to have um, kind of help the club financially and put us in a good state financially so I suppose in that respect it's not been a 100% a failure but on the pitch I think you have to put it down as a failure really even though I have said so many times that the squad's not good enough um, he's still I mean decisions like that the Brit off uh, friend on uh, substitution it's like decisions like that they're just like what are you doing what are you thinking and yeah I think overall it probably has been a failure yeah, um, I'd have to agree. I, I think um, you know, j- just overall, the team he had that he came into, you know, wasn't a bad team, um, and he had three transfer windows to improve it. And I felt like each time, it was kind of like excuses um, were getting used a lot. Um, and it was you know, Steve spent a lot of money at this football club. Um, I'm just a custodian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve spent a lot of money at this club, but I've just spent seven million on. Aiden Flint, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it, it's just backwards. Um, and then obviously, even after that first one, anywhere uh, in the summer, you think, well, you, you've got a chance to improve it um, in January, and we bring in one winger who wasn't fit, another centre mid, and that it. Maybe there was one more. Um, yeah, so I definitely rate it a failure and below five out of ten. Definitely. <laughs> a solid four. A solid three or four, yeah, down there. Three point yeah. five. Rep my pure four out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Like rep my four. Can't, can't give it any, any higher than five. I think um I think the only thing we can probably give him credit for is maybe and um is maybe the improvement of, of wing, but I think that would have happened anywhere. Um I guess Traore, but maybe that was always gonna happen anywhere. I know it hadn't happened previously under Monk. People say it was coached into him was it or was it just learning in general from you know from training um, but I think um, also finishing fifth I think was a big thing coming in last year I didn't expect us to get in the playoffs last year um, but then you'd expect from that to, to build on it with a full summer and another transfer window um, so this year was probably worse than last year but yeah I was I was quite bewildered by his comments saying well finishing seventh is better mm. is better achievement than, than finishing fifth last year well I don't know how that's more of an achievement <laughs> thing, but, um, when you sell okay we, we did sell a lot of old players um, we never replaced them and I can understand why he said oh well, it's, a quite, it's a great achievement version 7 because we've lost so, so many players but you had the chance to replace maybe, them maybe Tony Pillars thinks the table's the other way around maybe he thinks 7 is like because it's a higher number he maybe thinks that's like the other way around or something that, <laughs> he, he's backwards <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I think like, I think the Tony Pillars tenure it's, it, it has had success behind the scenes in terms of what he's done he's cleaned out a little bit of Deadwood and I think a lot of people inside the club really like Tony Pulis and even I've met him a few times and I've actually been very complimentary of like the conversations I've had with him 
but I just think his football was absolutely atrocious. Like, it completely lost love watching football. Like, I think a lot of the fans, not even just because of the football, um, will dislike him as well because of the ongoing legal legal case he's in um, with uh, Palace. Is it? With, he's paying back. Is Three million or whatever um, for leaving Palace, um, leaving his Palace contract early or something like that. Um, so he's been in that for quite a while, and there's people obviously coming out and saying that he was deceitful in that sense. So you know he kind of lost a lot of people there in in not being very ethical, I guess. But no, I like Tony, but I just think that the football side of things is a failure. But what we've done behind the scenes in terms of like getting the balance, well, we actually do have to balance the books because there there was players. On ridiculous amount of money, um, there's still people in the club that are still on ridiculous amount of money. Um, British and Belonga being one of them, so the links away <laughs> would make sense. Appreciate the top scorer, but you can't have someone on fifty, sixty k a week in the cha- in the championship. So um, I couldn't understand that. But in terms of pureness, I think yeah, it's like a mixture of I think success behind the scenes, failure on the pitch. I think we. Well, at least we didn't get relegated. You know, he still got that record intact. Yeah, it's a good record to offer. Uh, but he just hasn't won anything. I think we 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 were just never good enough for the season. You could see, we could just see it that we were just never quite good enough. Um, and I'm kind of glad we didn't get in the playoffs because we probably been, would have been rolled over by uh, Leeds. And if we got through Leeds anyway, we would have been rolled over by Aston Villa. Yeah. So well, that's a guarantee. Well, it's yeah. a guarantee. So yeah. it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad before I finish, and I'm kind of glad we didn't renew his contract. But if we did renew his contract, I could, I could understand from Steve's perspective why. But new manager time. Um, well, the search is on. Um, Jonathan Mugget is the favourite. He's currently uh, ten to eleven on Sky Bet. If anyone's interested, um, Slavs three to one. Paul Heckenbottom's four to one, and John Terry is five to one. And we're going to start with these first. Um, and Ian Smith asked us if we had a preference, an individual preference, on people on the list at the moment. We can kind of go a little bit further down. Ayato Karanka is now twenty-two to one. He did go down to as short as three to one at one point. Um, so on Michael Wiseman as well, he was five to one. Obviously, the Cal- uh, Danny Kelly went from. Seven to four to all the way through to sixteen to one now, but hence his link with West Bromwich Albion. But is there anyone on that list who you, you generally fancy? I know there's one name that sticks out from. I think I know your answer, but is there anyone that sticks out? I'm still a, <laughs> I still want Mikel Arteta. I think that's completely unrealistic. Though I think if if Arteta was four or five seasons in his um, time at Manchester City then he might want to change but I think for now it's probably just a case of him staying with Pep and getting more experience but I just want somebody in that similar mould of like another Itok ranker and another number two and, and like a different style of play and I don't know just somebody that can bring contacts in as well you know how Karanka had the link to Jose Mourinho so you know Chelsea um, Mikel Arteta could have that with Manchester City um, that probably won't happen. Um, I think out of the out of the managers that are there right now, it's unpopular. But I wouldn't be against Woodgate, and I've said this before, and I'll I say it again. I thought you were going to say Paul there. I was going to just launch my pen at you. <laughs> well, you like, can try, but my no. glasses will <laughs> my glasses will have like a shield. Um, no, I think with Woodgate, it's I think it makes sense with Woodgate. Um, at least at the very at the very least staying as a coach because I think what Steve Gibson has said after Pulis's departure um, the academy is going to have 
quite a, you know quite big importance next season and you know Woodgate has coached the under 18s and I think Bill Albrahimi I don't know whether he'll be here next season but Steve Walker I think Jed Spence as well um, we're all coached under Jonathan Woodgate they've since made the step up to the under 23 so it makes sense to me and I don't understand why people are so far like that Gabriel Batistuit <laughs> yeah that one uh, that link um, when he's had zero coaching experience but are so against Woodgate ah, well Gabriel Batistuit has played at the top level of football <laughs> that's why I think we should have him so it, uh, to be fair it's like I think it might come down to the positions they played in in their careers striker and a defender yeah. like the past few posi- the past few managers we've had um, Pulis a defender Gary Monk a defender Ito Cranker a defender Gareth Southgate as well a defender Tony Mowbray defender. Tony Mowbray yeah I completely <laughs> forgot about Tony Mowbray Strachan midfielder absolutely fucked it um, <laughs> but I just yeah I think that might come down to it but I'm not I don't know I, I'm, I'm not against Woodgate I'm really not I'm not 100% against um, Woodgate either. Um, I don't know if he'd be my first choice, but I think Dana's got a, a good point there about, I think, people, as well as obviously looking at positions that they're playing in their career, but also the philosophy. But I think it, a lot of people are favouring that foreign philosophy, I think, because obviously they're thinking of Karanka, in a sense. But I'm thinking, you know, if, if you are going to go down that route, I'd agree with Dana on perhaps it being a coach like a number two and having some coaching experience because yeah like you said um, Gabriel Batistua Batistua honestly I, I YouTube that pronunciation and I still butchered it yeah. I didn't even get there <laughs> it was b- and that was it yeah uh, yeah so <laughs> yeah with Batistua I've seen no experience but then there's some others I think because obviously Michael Reisiger was another one named and I think he fits that more than I know he's a defender but he's um, you know played at Barcelona he was a and I think obviously with the rise of say Ajax this year and what's that people have seen from and people know that anyway with you know the Dutch youth system and everything um, the links there so that I think that ties into what Dana was saying as well there with you know getting good links and potentially bringing in um, good youth players from, from the Netherlands um, so it's about finding what balance you want but obviously the the stronger candidates um would seem as though they're quite different. So if you know if Woodgate is a strong favourite, he's quite different. Also, we assume um, to Jukanovic, who's uh, been interviewed apparently as well, um, because we don't know what Woodgate's style will be like, but we quite we know what Jukanovic will be like. And we, the difference there will be probably the difference in pay, because we've heard that Jukanovic will be our highest um, paid manager if he came on board, and Woodgate probably wouldn't be because. He just getting promoted within the club, um, so it's very difficult. There's all of all of the names on the list bring different qualities, and I think um, it depends on what Steve wants to do. Normally, um, I we would go down the route of someone being British, because um, Karanka has been the only one who hasn't been British. Um, it's a hard Brexit, yeah, club. <laughs> and that's basically what it is. So you, you can look at it and you can pick out, you know. The Brexit types here, so Woodgate, Peckybottom, John Terry, Chris Hewitt, do you know what I mean? They are, they are who Steve Gibson would be looking at and think, right, if I want a British coach who's, you know, exactly like that, they're, they're them to fall for in that same category. But then, you know, people like Michael Reisiger and even some of those, um, what's the name of the guy, the German coach, um, 
who was highly linked at one point. Uh, Tim Walker, Tim he's just taken, he's taken all that ash. So, you know, people like that where they're going to bring a completely different footballing philosophy um, to what we've ever seen, perhaps, um, are the ones where they're a little bit out there. Um, so at this, at this stage, I don't know what Steve Gibson's thinking, but I'm glad that he's considering a few candidates and from a few different types of managers. Um, you know, if he said he was just interviewing John Terry and Jonathan Woodgate, he'd be like, well, you know, there's no difference there. It's good that he's doing it from a different pool of managers. So. So what's your preference? Um, for me, I think someone in that rising type role, I think um, either been managing um, at a smaller club or as a number two um, as opposed to um, you kind of each I know he plays attacking football but I think it would take a lot for us to um, build a team that he wants um, and I wouldn't really want someone with you know, someone like John Terry or, or Jonathan Woodgate but I wouldn't be averse to it because I think Woodgate's mm. obviously got a lot of ties with the club already and like Dana said strong links with the academy and no, no. So I think I think Reis, Michael Reisiger and people like that would be a stronger, stronger vote for me. No, fair enough. Um, my preference. Um, interestingly, both said we'll get. I thought you were going to go down your kind of a route. Um, so I com- completely butcher that one up. Um, <laughs> but in terms of defenders becoming managers, um, Jurgen Klopp is a fan. He said that he was actually a defender and he plays scintillating football with Liverpool. Um, Jose Mourinho was actually a defender. He didn't play fully professionally, but. Was Defender. Um, I think when you're a centre back um, or a defender, you are a good coach because you can see the game yeah, a lot more, tend to, tend and to you feel can like see different transitions. Better, um, when you go up front a little bit more, you don't really think about the defence a little bit too much. Um, I think if you're a midfielder, you can understand a bit more. But I think as an attacker, I think it can be very, very difficult for you to work on defending when you're not very good at it. When you're a defender, you probably have a bit more chance and getting more structure. Um, to help set your teams up, um, I'm interested to see that like, you've picked Woodgate, and I think um, I, I probably agree. I'm not fully like against it, and I can understand why he would he would potentially fit the mould to like be the next manager. Um, he does know the academy. I think he's played at the top top level. He's played for Real Madrid. Um, he's played for Spurs. Played for Leeds. Played for Newcastle. He's played for us as well. The biggest one out of the lot. So. Um, <laughs> But like obviously, but people say I've seen a lot of people like tweet at me, like at me as well, saying, "Oh, well, he's he's only played nine games for Real Madrid." Yeah, he's played for Real Madrid. You've probably never played a professional game in your life. You can't have a go at uh, Johnny Woodgate. He's played for the biggest club in Europe. He earned that move as well. He, he I, it, yeah. I, I was reading the Chronicle and and um, it mentioned in there that a lot of people, like Newcastle fans from a certain era, um, regard him as their best defender mm. so I yeah. think that that speaks volumes of Jonathan yeah, well, I mean like at the time when you're looking and you think they were looking for centre backs at the time I know a few targets got away from them but I think uh, I don't know if it was the same article that you were on about that I was reading but I think it said that at the time the chief exec or the recruitment team had identified him as like the third or fourth choice target and you think Jonathan would get a third or fourth choice target as a centre back for Real Madrid you know I think they lost one to mm. uh an Italian team at the time, and then another one to maybe Barcelona or whatever, and then you know the third choice was Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> like, like I said, it's, it's like an unbelievable achievement, and also on the flip side, of John Terry has played at the top of English football, captain England. Woodgate obviously has England appearances as well, but he's captain England, he's won trophies everywhere he's went. Um, so it's 
well, really just Chelsea play that, but it was more sort of like, okay, he kind of fits the mould as well. He's number two coming in, um, and he has that external factor. And I think Milsman should go down that external factor. I would appreciate that. We'll, I think Woodgate should stay in some capacity yeah. for that, but I think Milsman's top one year manager should have fresh eyes looking in. Um, I think sometimes when you look at something for so long and you're getting engraved with it like Woodgate has, you don't really see the bigger picture, you just see what's right in front of you, you don't have that tunnel vision, you just have tunnel vision. Um, I think Woodgate needs to have that coaching ability and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mind if he left the club and went somewhere else and took over, um, like a lower league team or he takes over the championship and earn his badges. I just don't think it's, no, I just don't think, I wouldn't have him now. That's, that's my opinion, I just don't think he's, yeah. He, he could be ready. Could probably prove me wrong. Could be top. Could be top of the league. Could go up, absolutely piss it on a shoestring budget. Could be a four o'clock hero. Like oh no, like it's just an opinion um, that I have. But at the moment, I just don't think he is. That's why. Right that's, that's why uh, I feel like that was the consensus when Southgate got. I feel like that came out of nowhere, and I mm. feel like people thought he was not necessarily ready. But um, it was kind of like well, he was in the club, and it might have made sense at the time due to finances. And obviously, at the time, it proved that he maybe wasn't ready. Um, and it was maybe more ready when we went down the championship and we sacked him at the wrong time. But yeah, I think that's kind of has a similar ring to it um, with Woodgate in the sense that it could be that Southgate route that we, that we did. That's why, that's why Steve might do it again. He might look at it and think this is very similar to when, when he employed Southgate as manager. Yeah. Would you go for your Kanovich then, Johnny? I think I would. Um, appreciate he's going to be the highest paid. Uh, Mills were manager, but the highest pay Mills were manager before. If, if you can't be struggle, but it's actually Tony Pulis. So it's like, well, mm. increasing that budget in some capacity, it builds like more of an attacking philosophy. It's something a little bit different. It's also someone who will get probably learn off in more of an attacking sense. Um, people say, oh, well, he blew 100 million with Fulham and then got sacked. Well, it's very, very difficult in the Premier League now, and I don't think he signed all of those players yeah. either. So it's not just his fault. But yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a difficult one, the Ikanovic, because it, it scares me in the sense that yeah, he could probably get us up because he's got two clubs up already. Then you look at um, you know he got sacked from both clubs, but then you've got to take each situation as a fall. So you know, Watford owners are, are trigger happy with the managers anyway, so that mm. was probably going to come for him anyway at some point. And then with Fulham, like you say, um, those team teams that go up now are going to try and spend a lot to stay up. Um, I know they ultimately failed. Obviously, the signings proved to be wrong, and when we did it, we we got a lot of players in chain. We bought like eleven players when we went up. It was like a, a full team, pretty much, and um, it didn't work. And it, it's a tough task when you go up to the Premier League to think: Do we not spend it? Do a Cardiff, or do we do a full? And ultimately, both of them failed attempting it. Um, mm. So, you know, I don't think it's just down to him. Because um, even after that, you know, Ranieri came in. You think oh, Premier League winner, he might do something. No, couldn't do it. So yeah. it made him worse. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, yeah. I don't think uh, it's hard because I think the reason that I'm straying away from you, kind of in the sense is I think the money. Yeah. We've just saying we've saved a lot of money. Um, in that sense, then I don't want and um, I don't want him to come in and then be the highest paid manager. Have to have another overhaul of the squad again to get the team that he wants, and then potentially not play the youth, which is what 
Steve Gibson said is going to be more involved next season. I don't, so I, I'm it, not doesn't, sure. it doesn't quite balance up, does it? So. I'm not sure we can guarantee him, you know, getting his targets. Yeah, I mean, if if we go out and get like, you know, when Leicester got Riyad Mahrez for pretty much nothing from, I think it was Fra- uh, France. You know, if we go and get those players, then fair enough. But there's no guarantees that they will become the Riyad Mahrez's yeah. of the football world. And it's like I just feel like it's a massive financial risk because. Um, I think it was reported two million a year he wants. If we have a manager there for two million a year and we don't go up straight away, imagine having a manager on that amount of money in the championship beyond that initial season. Especially given the fact that we've just had Tony Pulis, who was also very highly paid. I think it just doesn't make sense financially. And I think although it ticks a lot of boxes that Borough fans want, you know that oh, yeah. expansive style of play and whatnot. I just don't think it makes sense, and I don't think we can guarantee getting those targets in. Yeah. You can't guarantee anything football though, that's, you know what true. I mean? So it's it's very difficult. I think if Yukanovich comes in, he will play the he does fit the mould a little bit because he played the youth with Ryan Sesson Young coming through, or both Sesson Young's coming through to some extent. Um he got them promoted playing free flowing football, which we are a mile off, but a couple of signs here and there or even bringing the youth through can potentially change that and adjust that. Um and he might not have to yeah, to be honest, I don't think he was that trigger happy in terms of spending anyway um, I think that whole full on thing of £100 million kind of the well he spent £100 million there but we spent an absolute fortune with Michael Cranker didn't work Michael um, Cranker spent a fortune at Nottingham Forest it was actually working but then he got sacked um, for, for no reason but you kind of which is my man if, if we could get him but if we don't get him I'm not, I wouldn't be mad at Jonathan Woodgate oh, I wouldn't be mad at John Terry either um, I'd I think Jonathan Mugget gets far too much criticism, yeah. in which I think it's not justified really. I think people just slag him off because he's a borough lad. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, oh, I, well, think, I think with both of them, um, they both they both don't know. Like you, you don't know with both of them how tactically astute they are. Um, you don't know the styles yet, and you're not going to with coaches on on them twos. Um, that's always that's always the risk. Um, the criticism obviously comes from them as individuals, and um, I'll be honest, as individuals, I don't like either of them. Um, but <laughs> um, I think they're both, yeah, the, the both are not great people. But um, you know, football inside of things, it's uh, you, you got to look at it a bit differently, and they're exactly the same. And we we put out that tweet, and we were saying, you know, what's the difference in them? I don't think much at all. Um, Quite a lot of heat for that as well. A yeah. lot of people came for me. I was like, whoa. I don't, I don't think. I know we've, we've just picked out the similarities there. You know, they both um, played up pretty high levels in the game. They both obviously played the same position um, during the careers. They've both been in coaching roles within um, the championship. Um, so, you know, they, they've got similar levels of experience. And if you're going to go John Terry over it, he's probably going to. Not know as much about the club as Woodgate does, um, and he may warrant a bigger fee of kind of a, a signing on mm. fee, for example. Whereas Woodgate wouldn't be that because it would be an internal promotion. So, yeah, no. I did think it was sorry. I did think it was interesting though about Woodgate. Um, one of our listeners, Ben, um, he tweeted an article, and basically it was Adam Clayton talking about um, Jonathan Woodgate and saying that he's he's like the dad of of the group. This was before he retired. And I thought it was really a really interesting article, actually. I wish I could get it up, but I can't log it. I forgot my bloody password. But um, it was like a really good article because it said he basically is like 
he's really helpful around the place. He like if anyone needs anything, he'll give them it. Um, so it was Woodgate a different is like perspective. A yeah, it was a different well. perspective. I think we hear a lot about Jonathan Woodgate off the pitch. Um, I don't know what, how true any of it is. Um, I don't know whether that's in the past or whether it's been. It's like very present. Yeah. But it's a, it was a different perspective. It was a really good find actually. Um, so shout out to Ben for that. I, was, I thought it, it offered a different view on Jonathan Woodgate that people may not kind of tune into. Yeah, and no, I think that's that's always the case. And I think um, as these. Um, so, so even when I'm saying there about Jonathan Woodgate and John Terry that they will have changed as they've got older the, the things that I'm talking about were obviously when they were players yeah. and I've got to remember I guess this is a note to myself as well as, well as other people maybe who dislike them when the players it's you know you're at your high point in life they're between they're in the 20s basically they're getting absolutely thousands of pounds a week but when um, they're at their ages that they are now they're, they're getting to the 40s and they've probably going to have settled down to all of these off the field things that have happened uh, they're probably trying themselves to put it behind them and you know just focus on being professional in the work and doing the best that they can and I think that's you know probably rings true with what Clayton's saying about Woodgate where you know if anyone needs anything around the club he will be the guy to go to because he's he knows the club inside out so it's a good perspective Everyone likes Woody. He's a top man and he's got time for everyone whether that's one of the first team lads or one of the under 16s it's what, you, it's what you need, but in terms of if you, it's like Southgate a little bit because Southgate yeah. was in that position. But when Southgate took over as manager, you pretty much like befriended everyone else and said, "All right, I'm I'm the gaffer now. Like that's it." Yeah. When sometimes I think well, I think in hindsight, I think Southgate himself actually looked back at it. I think he even said in that or something where yeah, he, he regretted that. He, he done he done it one with uh, with Mendieta, didn't he? Um, yeah, Mendieta yeah, didn't like him because he kind of froze him out of the team because um, he was kind of trying to stamp his own authority um, as he came into it. And obviously Mendieta thought he was like his friend basically when they were, were players together. So it kind of an adverse effect as well where it you know um, and people always point this out anyway, don't they? About you know people might see him as a friend rather than a and a, a manager figure, and then you have to be a bit more stern with people. So, so it's getting that balance yeah. right. Not, um, also, before we make that, there was a question from Tom Muldowney, and I, I completely I missed it. But um, it was he said, "Do you have faith in Gibson to make the right call after three poor appointments?" <coughs> um, he's kind. He's got a point essentially yeah, because yeah. Um, you know Tony Pulis. I think it was kind of like the right man, but it was more kind of you were getting. It wasn't a success. Gary Monk was a bit of a failure. Agnew wasn't particularly great. Um, <laughs> I wasn't really appointment, but the appointments of what we've been doing, I think since Karanga actually was, I think there have been quite poor decision making. So, do you kind of have faith in, in Steve Gibson still for for that decision? I think, um, yeah, I, I still hold out hope that he can make the right right uh, decision. I just think it's been a bit of a turbulent time of late, but um, you know, with appointments, but. Uh, yeah, I think hopefully, fingers crossed, he can get the right man. Yep. Uh, I do so now that I've read, obviously, that he's, like I said, interviewing different types of candidates. So I think that he's weighing up his options than just trying to go for one type of manager. So I think, like previously, and like Dana said, it's been a bit turbulent. So going from a manager like Gary Monk to Tony Pulis, it, it, you know, you're changing it up too much. And I think that's why, again, going back to Jukanovic, it's. You know, you're going from Gary Monk to Tony Pulis. You're kind of actually changing the styles, and, you, and you, you're basically saying we need to overhaul the squad each time. And that was kind of what happened. So it was like, you know, 
Karanka slash Agnew left and we got Monk and it was like right overhaul the squad Monk left Tony Pulis needs to overhaul the squad Tony Pulis leaves need to overhaul the squad again we kind of itching I think you need to get someone in and, and give them time and we've yeah. been saying that all season I mean we need someone with a long term project we can't get a quick fix although I think from we'll a business point of view you need one don't you because obviously you want to get in the Premier League soon rather than late because that's where the money is and it's only that gap is only going to keep on widening um, as time goes on but you're going to need you need a longer term plan um, short term plans in football can be very detrimental financially so um, I have faith in that I think we're going to get a better appointment than the next that, sorry than the last three because I think Steve's weighing up his options a bit more and trying to not just pick first guy who seems right and I think the mm. guy who seems right to a lot of people is, is kind of it's weird though isn't it because I mean <laughs> Gary Monk is the exact type of manager that we're after right now yeah so in hindsight hindsight's, a, hindsight's a beautiful thing um, I wasn't that particularly fussed when Monk took over to yeah, be honest I, 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 never, I never really bought into what he was trying to do um, and then when we were getting beat he would just throw those strikers on anyway because we had the ability to do it and we'd always we'd, we'd score goals but the defending was absolutely horrendous and I yeah. think he just didn't have the right people behind him to him to succeed um, to be fair Karanka the defence when Karanka came in wasn't brilliant and he, he showed them up Karanka, so I mean maybe it was just a time thing Karanka made Ben Gibson and Danny Ayala look like Cialini and Benucci it, it was, <laughs> it's just incredible of yeah. what he actually did um but you know, well, Calm Chambers I thought actually made Ben Gibson look better yeah. when he came. But you know, yeah. anyway, less of the better about that. Um, <laughs> but in terms of Steve Gibson, I think he is definitely he's. He, I think he deserves criticism to an extent because yeah. he is the guy that hires the guy. Um, but it's for me, it's uh, yeah. I think he has to get this one right. I think he, he has to. Because um, fans are going to start knocking, on, not well, actually more physically knocking on his door, but <laughs> they're, they're going to start questioning his authority a little bit more. I, um, I, think, I think another bad appointment will set us back years. Um, oh, I, I, and I, I think we probably could be in the championship for a couple of years anyway if we get yeah. the right the right appointment. But if we get another bad one, and you know we miss out on the playoffs and say we finish like eleventh that year, and then we sack him and we get someone else, we it could be years, yeah. like a really long time. Like looking at like not knowing when you're not going to go back up you're languishing at mid-table and looking at relegation and stuff mm. and from the championship so I think we've, it's critical well, well I think this, the next manager anyway and I think I'm going to turn to Alex Stokes' question um, where he says do you think we need a complete overhaul with staff, players etc um, no connections to the club just a full new setup? Um, if so plenty to go um, which players would you like pop the door essentially um, well, we've already overhauled the staff because five have left, including yeah. Kurt's family, which I was quite surprised by. Um, players, we've said before that we do need overhaul. overhaul. We are the oldest, well, oldest club, well, oldest, oldest players in the league so far. We've got the average age, I think it's like 28 or 29, 30 or something. So between that bracket, um, we do need overhaul. Anyway, those players need to be moved on. Um, so whoever the new manager is, I think we do need that. Um, whether it's an external appointment or it's actually Woodgate himself. Um, and finally, the, the transfers, let's move on to this a little bit now um, before we kind of wrap everything up. Before I ask you for definite, you have to say who you're going to, who you want, and that's it. Oh, God. Um, so, trans, just transfers. 
Um, there's only one I've really particularly seen, um, and that's Becca. I mean, I think it's from Holland. I can't remember. Yeah, Sheraldo yeah. Becca. Sheraldo yeah. Becca. I can't remember the exact what one. What no, yeah. yeah, I can't remember either. So, what do you think we need to look for essentially when that you mentioned it's wingers? It's something yeah. that we're going to probably say, but what would you kind of look for? Would you want to cheer up the defence a little bit more? We've only got one actual goalkeeper now um, with Darren Randolph. I appreciate like the second choice keeper. Probably won't get a game anyway. Um, <laughs> But we do need quite a few players. Is there anyone like in mind or positions that you should be looking at? Honestly, I think at? I think the only positions that are probably set is centre back and centre midfield. I think we definitely need some more um, wingers. We need more uh, full backs. I know we've been playing the entire season with just George Friend at left back. Obviously, he got injured, so we've had to kind of adjust it accordingly. Um, right back as well. We only have Shotton, isn't it? Oh, McNair can play there. <clears throat> wingers we <laughs> at the moment we only have Tav so I think that that's a priority but also what's kind of flown under the radar a little bit is striker because I think mm. um, I think Rudy just said had one foot out the door he was supposed to be going to Millwall but then block that move in January and then you've got Ashley Fletcher who will be on big wages considering he came from West Ham um, them two will might be moved on I think Rudy just said his certainty will be moved on and then you've got question marks over Brits on Malanga as well because yeah. you know you don't come to a club for 15 million pounds and not be on a huge Absolute wage wedge, yeah. yeah so I think striker as well uh, honestly every single position except yes. centre back and centre midfield up for grabs there um, <laughs> yeah. else, you, look, I mean, you look a bit puzzled there mate no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to think. As Dana was saying, that um, yeah, I probably have to agree with it. Um, it's only those two areas I think we're, we're pretty well stacked. Um, sad to see Rudy leave. No, just kidding. Not, that'd you're be not kidding, I. You got tears in your eyes, are you? <laughs> no, Rudy, I, I, I was quite mad to be honest. In January, when he kind of blocked that move, because that would have saved us a lot of money. He will be on big money, and the fact that he just had the audacity to be like. Ah no, I'm gonna block that move because I'd rather just sit and not play and get paid. Mm-hmm. He's probably on about twenty grand. Our worst signing in recent history, by the way. Not yeah, he got he was on, on a poll on Twitter, wasn't it? He got no, honestly, Rudy just said seven million pounds. He was on, uh, what was, was it like it was a thirty game goalless run? Panther as well. Thirty game goalless run. Something like that in the Premier League, and we bought him for seven million pounds. <laughs> we deserve to get relegated just for that. We, to be fair, that January was shocking. <laughs> that January, yeah. Put the nail in the coffin uh, mm. for Premier League. Sana Patrick Bamford and Rudy Gisted and Nugent and Broads. I can understand it, like why, like for Premier League, for the Championship. Yeah, like Gisted did quite well, and Bamford was a good Championship striker. But not the Premier League. Come on, come on. Yeah. Our Steve, mm. our, our Neil. Come on, what are you, what are you doing? Um, but in terms of players and positions, of what we need, I think I'd like to see the youngster like Jed Spence. I'd like to see him come through this year. He's very, very quick, very technically good. Um, He'd be, I think he'd be a good right back to bring in. I want Taft to kind of break through a little bit more next year. Yeah, yeah. It depends if they want to send him out on loan or not. And Bill Albrahimi, if, if he does choose to stay, I'd like to see him come through as well. Um, but also uh, Patrick Redden as well. I think I think I'd like to see him come through as well. There is there is young players that we should be bringing through now, and I think this is the perfect opportunity for us to do that and the new manager to do I, that. I think I think you should have given them a chance like last year. So for example, I know like. We played about three people at right back who were not necessarily right backs, mm. and you, you've got Jed Spence there. And you must be thinking, well, you know, what what do I have to do if you know if a centre attacking midfielder from Northern Ireland's getting in my spot? You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like yeah, I can understand it, but yeah, he's yeah. still very young. Yeah, no, obviously, yeah. Not, you can, not, not every not game, but um, yeah, yeah, it's um, 
Yeah, if, if like I say, it's if they're good enough, but you don't know how the manager judges that, um, and that's where it might change. Obviously, I was saying with Woodgate coming in, he might give them more of an opportunity, and uh, a lot of fans wouldn't be averse to it. Every fan in the country for all football teams like to see their own what, youth breaking yeah, through. Yeah, youth so. breaking through and having that like Ajax philosophy of yeah. bringing yeah. those youth players through. I think we should probably go down that route, and I think we'll get and you're kind of a two of the two favourites I think they would be able to do it and you can still obviously back it up with Silence Ajax I've not everyone in that team came through the academy some players were bought Ziyech and uh, Dolberg we Dillon were linked Dillon with him Tadich. weren't we so yeah we were linked yeah, with him yeah, yeah. we decided to choose Victor Fisher instead yeah, yeah. But I thought Victor Fisher was actually going to come really good for us but oh yeah so I did yeah I was really yeah. disappointed he didn't play that much yeah. um, but that pretty much wraps it up thank you very much guys thanks no for problem. for joining me as always um, that's pretty much it for the next a couple of weeks or so I, I keep saying I'm going to get Dick on and he's been around my house like the last three or four times and we just we just end up playing like pro clubs or seasons or something <laughs> and completely forget to do it and I really should get Dick on because he's a it'd be a good insight to what it, it's like it, isn't it's it? very very different yeah. um, it's I mean like I, I don't play I don't play like to an incredible standard but like not me but it's like the it's like the comparisons from a fan to actually playing is, is yeah, incredible. Um, and I think it'd be really good in second one. You've got someone on as well. Um, also, we need to, yeah, I need to show you how to set all this up as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's break. This is the Bora Breakdown podcast. Like, share, subscribe. Give us five star rating on um, iTunes. That helps us get found. As all, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but give it a share. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, you're kind of a true manager. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 